Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey all, welcome to a quick shot of romance. Um, This is Becky, and with me this episode is Carolina from Curl Up With a Book. Welcome back to the podcast, friend. Glad to be back. Um, So on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we're reviewing a book by one of your most favorite authors. Um, I'm super excited. We read My Unexpected Serenity. It's California Billionaire's Book One by Harlow James. And how yeah. long has, do you know how long she's been publishing? Is she just, is she fairly newer to the world? Um, I think she has uh, about maybe eight to 10 books published. Okay. So maybe a couple years. Maybe a couple years. Um, I don't know for sure. I discovered her last year um, and read a couple of her, her books and fell in love with her writing. And one of her, she wrote a holiday romance called um, Mackenzie's Turn to Fall. And Dylan, the hero in that one, has become one of my all-time favorite um, book boyfriends. Yeah. So, you know. You have That's to give the love when an author favorite. gives you a book boyfriend. You have to be like, yes. Um, okay, so give us the synopsis from Goodreads. The synopsis. I sent her a basket of cheese, but in my defense, it was a gourmet cheese. You know, the expensive stuff. How did I, Wesley Morgan, hotel billionaire and recovering alcoholic, end up sending a woman a basket of cheese? Well, it was the it was only one of two morsels of information I knew about Shayla Mitchell that I would get that I thought would get her attention. The bartender across the dimly lit club took me by surprise the moment I saw her. But then I ran into her twice more upon returning my return to Santa Barbara, California, and that's when I knew I didn't stand a chance. You see, I never expected Shayla. I was on a mission to correct my mistakes and make amends for the choices I made over six years ago. Then we crossed paths and turned down a road we both never saw coming. And of course, I couldn't fall head over heels for any easy woman. No, I had to be drawn to the sassy and poise of a girl who doesn't believe in love and at least the kind that comes from a man like me. Now she's all I can think about, all I ever knew I needed, but she's putting up a fight and testing us both. Can I convince her to let me in? Can I convince myself that we both deserve happiness? But most importantly, can I convince her that sometimes good people can cause irreparable harm before they can cultivate good? So the release date for this was February 7th of 2021. So it's a new release this year. Um, Tropes, billionaire romance, instant connection, two different worlds, and damaged hero. But it's also a damaged heroine. I think they both come to the story with some baggage. Um, steam level three and a half to a four out of five, I would say. Um, I mean, there were some good steamy sex scenes, but it wasn't all about the sex. Um, there was some big swoony romantic moments that gave just mm-hmm. as much steam as an actual, uh, bedroom scene. I would say angst level a three out of five. Um, the mm-hmm. angst is, I don't know if it's situational angst. Or if it's more personal angst, it's a good balance of both, but it's not an overly angsty story. Correct. I think there's more um, personal redemption is, I think, where the angst comes in. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
I would, yes, I would agree with that. So let's get into our thoughts a little bit. Um, let's start with Shayla. Um, I really liked her. I really connected with her. Uh, she's hardworking. Mm -hmm. She's working two jobs. Um, but she has a lot of baggage coming just her as a person. She does. She does. She's two jobs and she's going to school. Yeah. And determined. I mean, like this is a girl with some fortitude and pushing forward. Yeah, she does. She does have a lot of baggage from um, her mom, particularly. And so she she really wants to set herself up. So she has a lot of tenacity to not make the mistakes her mother has made. And that really, I felt like I felt that that really was a driving force for her. Well, I think it makes her, you as a reader connect with her because she has this, this force, this strength that she, and a fierceness about her that she is not going to be her mother. She is not repeating her mother's mistakes. She mm -hmm. sees very clearly who her mother was. I don't think she loves her mother any less. I just think she knows this is not who she wants to be. So, and that's not the life she wants to live. Yeah. And and I think that you get this really strong, fierce character that as a reader, you connect with. You know, you're rooting for her. You are on Team Shayla from the get. Yeah. And there's, um, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, there's, I think, I felt an even more, like, girl crush with her that um, when she challenges Wes, why do you want to go out with me? I don't understand this. Like, why me? And that moment, instead of her pondering it, like, in for herself, she confronts him, which yeah. I loved. Because <laughs> you don't see that a lot. No, and I like that she was very articulate with her demands of Wes. You know, she mm -hmm. saw him, knew that he was a man with money, and because of her mother and her mother's mistakes in life, she was very hesitant to even allow Wes to approach her. And she was super articulate in what she was going to tolerate and what she wasn't going to tolerate um, from him. And in some male character relationships, that can that challenge can sometimes either make the guy try too hard or they just fall flat. I mean... And so I do like how um, Harlow wrote Wes because he met the challenges. He did listen. So let's talk about that right. a little bit. Let's talk about Wes um, and who he is before we get into the nitty gritty of their relationship. Yes. Um, so I have him as damaged hero, a lot of baggage. Um, he fights a lot of temptations in his life. Mm -hmm. He's keeping secrets and he's, even though he has a best friend, he has two best friends. Um, he's very much a lone wolf. And I think some of that has, I felt like some of that became, was because of um, his recovery and not, he kind of had to separate himself. Um, and the result of, cause he inherited the company from his grandfather. And, um, and so it, it skipped his father. And so I think that kind of put him, you know, thrust him to be by himself as well. Like 
kind of separated him from people. So between um, his recovery and then becoming the CEO of this company, he really had to step up to a different level. Yeah. And it happened to him when he was young too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so it makes sense a little bit that he kind of went for the lone wolf and not just crowded himself around with his friends and remained young. He realized that there was a need for maturity and some things that because of his addiction, he had some Mm -hmm. things happen in his life that he is, you know, he's working his steps. She very much references the um, AA and the steps, and he's working on the steps. Yeah, we deal, we talk about a sponsor and this, he's working on the step of making amends, which, you know, is often thought of as being the hardest of the steps. Part of, part of the whole reason he's in Santa Barbara, where this book is set, is that he's working on amends so with his like so he comes at it with a lot of baggage he has these family expectations and i want to give props to harlow james and how she wrote this a lot of times when and i love a billionaire romance so this trope is like catnip for me i love this um a lot of times when we get billionaire romances and the main characters are coming at each other from different worlds either he is not wealthy or she is not wealthy Family expectations and family drive sometimes define the whole story to the point that it is bogged down in this family baggage and drama or living up to expectations. While in this book, she mentions it and it is an antagonist, but it is not so overshadowing that it is daunting. It doesn't take over the story. I would agree. And I think it becomes more about the character's expectations and them finding their own path and driving their own direction of who they want to be versus who the family expects or pushes them to be. Yeah. So um, there were some big swoony moments in this book. Mm. I mean, you get that right from the synopsis. He sends her a basket of cheese it's my kind of my kind of gift <laughs> don't send I mean, me flowers send me cheese <laughs> honestly cheese i mean i don't even care much about chocolate baked good and cheese i mean <laughs> that's totally my jam <laughs> i loved the part where she texts him about the blue cheese and that, <laughs> that her roommate <laughs> her roommate chloe is like it smells so bad she's cheese <laughs> I like stinky cheese. That's so funny. Um, I also liked, well, okay, so I like it, but it frustrates me. When you have a billionaire romance like this, and so there's a part where Wes and Shayla are going to, he's invited her to join her at a social function, a gala. And she pushes hard against Wes about him wanting to pamper her and provide her with a stylist and a dress. And while I I understand where she was feeling on that, that, that was kind of a big swoony moment. He was trying to take care of her. I would agree. I would agree. And I, I, I think it's part of her struggle because of her mom. Um, 
but I did feel like it was a super swoony moment because he really wanted to show her there are some privileges and luxury of having money. And this was after the first date where she specifically told him, I, I, that was another like big swoony moment for me that she told him for the first date, okay, no money. You, you can't spend a whole lot. This just has to be about us. And his response to that and what he does was just extremely thoughtful. I, I don't want to give it away. No, <laughs> it was it, so, I think it was perfect for them and where their location and. It was too. And when they first started dating, you know, sometimes in billionaire romances, the male will pretty much just steamroll over the female and say, quit your job. I can provide for you. I'll take care of that. I'll pay those for you. And because of Shayla's, because of her own baggage and the own situation with her money, you know, she was working two jobs and going to school and he was supportive. Mm -hmm. And he even talks about how he doesn't want her to go to work at the bar. Um, it bothers him. However, he never comes out to her and says, quit that job. I don't want you there. And I thought that kind of is kind of swoony. That gives him some extra, extra points. At least I, I thought so. <laughs> well, I think it's, it showed also what he appreciated about her. You yeah. know, he didn't, he wasn't looking for just arm candy. He was attracted to somebody who could stand her ground and had her own mind and had her own passions and convictions. Yeah. Um, I did love when he took his sister, his sister comes to visit him in Santa Barbara. She comes up from uh, Los Angeles to visit him. And his first thought is to take her to the coffee shop to meet Shayla. <laughs> that was so awesome. That, <laughs> that was so funny. Well, and I thought, oh God, either this is going to go terribly wrong. This is going to be like a really bad moment. <laughs> Well, because uh, Shayla had no warning for this. Right. Like, she was thrust into this, like, first meeting, like, oh. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the supporting characters. We had Chloe, um, who is Wes's sister. Or no, I'm sorry. Chloe is Shayla's roommate. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, she is, she is Shayla's ride or die. I think we all need a Chloe in our lives. Agreed. She kind of, she kicked her ass. She pushed her out the door. You know, she cheered her on. She bought her the big bag of Doritos. <laughs> she comforted her. Like she yeah. was there. She, they knew each other. And that goes back to when they left LA. Um, LA, right? Yes. Was LA. Mm -hmm. They used um, to live in LA. Mm -hmm. They, they left together. And so they become they they're essentially like sisters and they they're are. there for each other they've known so much about each other that they are there to support and cheer and help each other set them set their lives up the way that they they want yeah and they're they're both together they're a force and i just i really liked chloe i thought she was a great character and i hope we're gonna get her story because She's got to so be too. handful. <laughs> so, Harlow, if you're listening. <laughs> we need that, like, yesterday. <laughs> um, we're not very good at waiting. So let's talk about Hayes. <laughs> let's talk about Hayes, who is Wes's best friend. Um, okay, he comes off as a bit of a man whore. 
But I do like that he pushes Wes outside his comfort zone, um, all the while having his back. Yes. He's, he's, um, he's very, he's a character in his own right. He's loud and opinionated and ballsy and um, going for it. He's supportive of, of Wes, but at this same token, there's also this like quiet force about him supporting Wes that I also liked. There was a great balance in that, um, that you knew he was kind of Wes's ride or die, but he wasn't um, like in his face all the time. Yeah. Well, I liked that even when he wasn't on page or on the scene, you knew that in Wes's moment that he Hayes had been there for him. Hayes had reached out to him. Yeah. Hayes also was able to read in the sense as knowing that Wes going to San to Santa Barbara because of the baggage that was there, because of the things that he was going to Santa Barbara to do, that he needed to kind of be prepared to have some fun or it was going to be too overwhelming and potentially, you know, it could lead to him, um, you know, having issues with his sobriety. So I think that was Hayes's part of his push to say, dude, get it wet. <laughs> Do stuff. It was so ridiculous. He was so ridiculous. Um, and then there's Waverly. You, kinda, you need that, ba- you need that balance of somebody who is so kind of deep in, coming out of a dark space you need that light to balance him out he is comedy yeah well and then there is Hayes's mortal enemy Waverly who is Wes's sister um oh god those two and Wes oh (laughs) that's actually the book I want next oh what I mean Waverly and Hayes you mean Waverly and Hayes yes yes yeah she kind of plopped I'm not gonna spoil it but she plops some crap at the end that leaves you gobsmacked going, what the heck just happened here, sister? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I really liked her. She comes off a little bit of sunshine. Um, I don't know. You almost get the feeling that she didn't necessarily have the same childhood experiences or expectations that Wes had growing up. She doesn't seem as weighed down with um the familia expectations that Wes obviously is and I think part of that is because um you get the sense as you're reading in his relationship Wes's relationship with his grandfather and the time that he spent with his grandfather um away um without his parents like he would go visit and spend time with him that there was a certain amount of grooming that his grandfather did for Wes out of love completely out of love um, but Waverly didn't have that. It, yeah. Right. I just, yeah, I think that they had very different expectations of life placed upon their shoulders. And again, I'm very interested to see Waverly and Hayes. Um, their banter. It was hot on the page and it wasn't even their stinking story. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I need it but we now. heard rumors that maybe May. We heard rumors we might see that in May. So two months too long. <laughs> right. Um, so the only other thing that I thought before we get into our recommendations and all that kind of stuff, um, I did get a little frustrated with Shayla when it came to the relationship with Wes. 
she was quick to call time out a lot um, and gives Wes and doesn't give Wes a lot of time to explain. There was the thing at the club. There was the thing in Vegas. Um, and then there's a piece that I don't want to spoil what happens, but the big moment when she finally is like mm-hmm. feeling like she's turning into her mother, she walks away from Wes. I felt like she easily gave up. I could see that. I don't think yeah, communication was her. She wasn't very great at communicating. You know, it's funny because she's there's certain times there she was like, this is like, we're going, if we're going on a date, then I don't want you to spend money. And there's other times the insecurity would creep in. So it's, it's that fine line, you know? Yeah. At the same time, you have to have part of that in order to have the conflict in the book. So it's that balance of, Oh, I wanted it there. It still can annoy me. <laughs> it's like having children. I want them, but they annoy me. <laughs> it's the good and the bad. I know it has to be there. It just is annoying. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I, You know, and I think Wes had his moments of that too, to a certain degree because he does have secrets as part of his recovery and that he's trying to make amends and you you don't you don't know what those secrets are they're revealed to you as they are revealed to Shayla and you're like come on dude tell her just tell her (laughs) yeah well come on dude just tell us tell us because I had some thoughts and some things happen and I thought no, that's not going to happen. And then crap happens. And I was kind of like, what? Why didn't he just communicate better? Why didn't he just, you know, secrets are always to a detriment. There's never a good secret. Um, Okay. So we're hitting close on our um, time here. So Carolina, did you like this book? I loved this book. I loved it because um, I do love billionaire tropes but I felt like this had a different layer and that may have been, you know, the damaged hero recovery to it. So it wasn't all about the money and the differences. It wasn't a rescue romance. And a lot of times billionaire trope romances come off as rescue romances. I also don't feel like Wes had an opulence about him that you sometimes get, you know, this wasn't about the grandeur of an estate or what fancy cars he was driving there was a bit of a simplicity to him that just in the way he lives in his day to day that we don't always get in billionaire romances. And that can sometimes feel daunting. Yeah. Um, He's like, I have the money and it gives me privilege and luxuries that I know a lot of people don't have, but I don't need it. Right. But even like the scene where they go on, I think it would be their second date and they go out on the yacht it's not um it's not a brand new yacht. It's not the biggest yacht. There's a connection there. There's a story to it. So, I think that there's I think that that creates a different feel to this trope. Yes. So, um I will say it did take me a minute to get into the rhythm of the story. Um Harlow James is a newer to me author. And, um, but I did really like the story and I can't wait for book two. Um, 
and I better get book three too, sister. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, who do you think would typically like this book? Um, I think people who do like the billionaire trope, who like a damaged hero, but who also like character-driven stories. Because this was very focused on the characters and their growth and their yeah. growth together. Yeah, I put also, if you like Damaged Hero, or honestly, I felt like Harlow James writes in a similar storytelling style to Melissa Foster. And again, Melissa Foster's books are very character driven. Um, and so if you like that, if you like a character story that the the development of the plot and the storyline are really driven by the characters and not situation, then that's who I would recommend this book for. Um, so would you recommend this book to someone else? Absolutely. She did to me. Times, yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> she did to me. Um, and absolutely, it was a great story with some big swoons and the right amount of feels that uh, I would totally recommend this story out to people. Particularly if you want to read billionaire romance but don't want a rescue romance. This mm -hmm. is a perfect example of billionaire done well without that feeling of rescue. So. Anyway, Carolina, yep. thank you for joining me once again. Um, I can't wait until we chat books again. Thanks so much, Becky. It's been fun. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.